The Download with DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 25 of Season 3, nearing the halfway point, which means we're wrapping up two and a half years of weekly podcasts talking about Central Illinois sports every single week with myself, Derek Paris, the sports director of Channel 1450. Thank you all for listening and following along. We have a special guest this week from the University of Illinois, Springfield High graduate and track star Robert Williams joins me in just a couple minutes. But first, what I saw in the past week, last Thursday, girls basketball Thursday, Lincoln dominates Pleasant Plains, although give the Cardinals some credit. One of only three teams this season that Lincoln has not running clocked. TJ Frazee starts four sophomores and his daughter, senior Addie Frazee. So Plains is certainly building for the future. More on Lincoln in a little bit. But first, on Friday, made the long drive down to Nokomis to see the Redskins host Lincolnwood in the day doubleheader with both boys and girls varsity teams playing in the middle of the school day and all the students from both school districts are bussed in to watch the game. I hope more school districts jump on this idea and execute it. A great opportunity for the kids in those districts. On Friday night, I was in Auburn where the Trojans were hosting the South County Vipers. Auburn holds off South County in that one. A great game between two very good teams in the area. On Saturday, I was in Chatham to see the Lincoln Rail Splitters again, this time in conference against Glenwood, who hadn't lost a conference game. Lincoln shuts out the Titans in the second quarter and pulls away as Froby gets just above her average with 31 points. If you haven't seen Lincoln play in person yet, please take some time to do so. They are a very special group that you don't want to miss the chance to see them. On Monday, we got the county tournament underway. First, I was able to catch JT Alexander signing at North Mac, though. The senior is headed to play basketball at Loris College. Great kid who has a bright future ahead with the hard work he's willing to put in. On Monday night at county, Pawnee picks up somewhat of an upset win, beating Lutheran High. Impressive for the Indians after they lost to Lutheran by 30 at Waverly. Then it was New Berlin beating Pleasant Plains. A big-time first-round matchup that was a title game a few years ago. The Pretzels get it done and advance to the semifinals. In the nightcap, Athens beats Tri-City. On Tuesday, back at County, Pawnee pulls off the big-time upset this time, beating top-seeded Calvary and advancing to Wednesday's semifinal. Then, it was Riverton versus Auburn, another heavyweight bout between two teams who had the capability of winning the whole tournament. Auburn holds on in a foul fest to beat the Hawks. Even though freshman Julian Rice had 26 points in his first county tournament game, he will have quite a few more in the future, I can promise you that. In the nightcap, Waynesville beats Athens to advance to play New Berlin on Thursday in that semifinal. On Wednesday night, at county again. Riverton running clocks Lutheran to advance to the consolation bracket. Auburn versus Pawnee was not pretty by any means. Pawnee did not score a point in the first quarter. Auburn gets a single free throw in the second quarter, and it's 10-5 at halftime. Not the way a semifinal should look. The Trojans pull away for a 20-point win. And we'll play for the title on Friday, though. And finally, Pleasant Plains beats Tri-City by 50. And we'll play Calvary on Thursday night. What a great matchup that was the first time. Double overtime at Calvary that the Saints ended up winning. All right, what's coming up on Channel 1450? Well, I'm glad you asked. Thursday, Boys County semifinal number two at 630. Featuring the Williamsville Bullets against the New Berlin Pretzels. The heavyweight matchup. Who advances to Friday's title game to play Auburn? That will be my final assignment before I'm heading off for vacation. But don't worry. Leanna and Michael will be here to bring you highlights this weekend. On Thursday night, we will also have a couple Sagamo Girls Conference games. Porta at Riverton. Porta is 20-1 to start the season, and Illini Central is traveling to Pleasant Plains, so we'll have highlights of both of those. On Friday night, we will have City Wrestling. That's at SHG. Then, Lincoln is at Lanfear for the opening of the new gym on the north side for CSA Boys Basketball. The county championship game, of course, is at 8 p.m. at Lincoln Land, and MacArthur is at Glenwood in Boys CSA Basketball, a loaded Friday slate. On Saturday, we'll have Lamphere versus East St. Louis at Peoria and Quincy 
at Lincoln Boys Basketball. On Monday, we'll have highlights from the shootout at Lanphier featuring two City Girls basketball teams and all three of the public City Boys teams, all games at Lanphier for that one. We will also have all three games at the Girls County Tournament that kicks off Monday at Riverton. Athens vs. Riverton is first, then Auburn vs. Pawnee, and finally Williamsville vs. Tri-City, Sagamon Valley on Tuesday. I'll be back to get the two county girls semifinal games. Both of those are at Riverton on Tuesday night. We will also have Mount Zion at Lincoln girls basketball next Tuesday. On Wednesday, girls city tournament kicks off at the BOS Center. First game's at 6 p.m. and that's Southeast against Springfield. Second game is Sacred Heart Griffin versus Lamphere at 8 p.m. On Thursday, the boys city tournament gets started. More on that on next week's podcast. That will be out next Thursday morning. All right, let's get to this week's guest. Here is Rob Williams from the U of I. I've got Rob Williams from the U of I. Um, first of all, thanks for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. It's great to catch up and see you again. Um, let's just start with this. It's it's a new year, starting January. Um, how you feeling and how are things going up at the U of I? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm super excited. Um, after last year's performance ending up at the national meet, uh, I've set some pretty high expectations for myself, both with fall training and for the 2024 season so i'm hoping to build up of that going into the regular season and then with it being the olympic year that's where i would like to end up come come june awesome goals to put out there and get started right i mean you you can't get there if, if you don't set that goal that high right for sure for sure you got to start somewhere and uh i started by putting the blocks in the right place last year and uh, i'm hoping to continue that coming into this year again all right, let's let's do a little bit of a rewind because I mean it's been a few years since um, maybe our audience knows or has seen you. So uh, yeah. Springfield High graduate, you were an absolute stud in high school, but um, I think you've really grown and, and really come into yourself at the U of I. So let's go back and, and talk about kind of your high school years and how um, you really decided what you were going to do in track and how you how you landed on you know not only going to U of I but what events you were going to run. So. Track all started for me, honestly, it was well before, well before high school, but I knew that uh, my main event was going to be hurdles going into high school, um, coming off of a semi-solid track and field uh, career, I guess you could say, in middle school, I wanted to stick to the same thing that I had started, but uh, in high school, that's when, like you, that's, like you said, I started to kind of come into my final form a little bit, uh, just kind of fell in love with the fact that I could run and jump all at the same time and after a while things started to click I started to get a little bit faster um one of the best people ever come into my life Trey Cotner was more than happy to help um showcase not only who I am as a person but the things that I can do on the track by reaching out to numerous amount of coaches uh and recruiters and by the grace of the by grace of God and with all Cotner's help and as well as all the work that I put in on the track, I ended up here at my new my new favorite place, Champaign, Illinois. Um, when you're going through that process and you start to realize, okay, you know, I can take this to that next level, um, what is that recruiting process like or what do you remember from that in terms of, you know, trying to pick the right fit for you when you know, okay, this is obviously a big-time decision and, and I really need to grow and take that next step? One of the biggest things that went into uh, my decision-making process was where did I feel not only the most wanted, but the most comfortable. Um, You have to think that this is a decision um, you're making when you're 17, maybe 18 years old, and they're asking you where would you want to spend the next four years of your life. So you really have have to take the time 
to think about like not only what is it that I want right now for myself, but what is it that I see myself wanting in two, three, four, and in my case, five years later when you know you're 21, 22 years old and you're getting ready to exit the athletic scene. You know you're getting ready to enter uh, the more of a professional scene in terms of like corporate world. You know, regular jobs, work, and things like that. So um, a lot of things went into it, but it was really just where am I comfortable, where am I wanted, and where can I see myself growing the most as not only an athlete, but as a person as well. So now that you've made that decision and been there for a few years, why why was this the right decision for you, and why is U of I the best place for you? Uh, first and foremost, they had a very, historically, they had a very, very, very good track and, um, track and field, I guess, history. Um, Andrew Riley being one of the biggest names to come out of here, and then more recently, David Kinzira, who had just... Uh, ran at the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. Um, he was a huge part of my decision-making process as well, coming on my official visit here. Um, he was still training here professionally at the time. You know, he was walking me through everything, talking to me about a bunch of things. But it was also, at the time, it was coaching. Um, the coach here at the time let me know that he saw something in me that I personally did not see. Kottner saw it as well. But, um, you know, he... he he promised me that he would be able to he would be able to pull that greatness out of me and unfortunately he was not the coach to do it um, there were a couple of different coaches you know that came in and out but if you paid attention to the track and field world at all lately you can see you know that we have been building something very very special here in Champaign and I'm very glad that this is this is the place I ended up at um, when you did make that decision, and this may be a little sort of simple-minded, I guess, to say, but, um, you know, you come from Springfield High, you were a senator, um, and, and there's a lot of school pride when it comes to that. Um, was there a little bit of sense of, hey, I want to go to, you know, my home university where it represents the state that I that I grew up in and um, just kind of say, hey, I want to wear those colors? Once I, if I'm being completely honest, when I first started getting recruited and I realized that maybe this track and field thing could get me somewhere that's not in Illinois. I wanted to go as far as possible. <laughs> I wanted to go as I wanted to get as far away from Springfield as possible. But after going on certain visits and realizing that, you know, it's more than glitz and glamour, it's more than the cool photo shoots, the cool jerseys and, you know, all that stuff, I realized that being at home, representing my home state, wearing the orange and blue was definitely something that um, something that I wanted to do. And it took me it took me a couple months to go through different visits and stuff to realize that. But I realized that everything I really wanted was as close to home as it is here in Champaign. So when you talk about the U of I track team and like you said, the coaches and all the situation there where they're, they're definitely building something and you've been doing that. Um, how how different is a, a college track team compared to a high school track team where in high school, all these kids came from the same place. They're they're very much the same. Um, I don't think that's probably the case when it comes to U of I track. And, you know, you're getting kids from all over the world, all over the country, and it's got to be a little bit different. Very much so, um, especially now uh, with with the new coaching staff. We are, we are sure that recruiting is a uh, top priority. But, you know, like you said, coming in, going into high school, you are – thrown together on the team with people that you know you grew up with whether it was same elementary school same middle school or you know people who lived within like 30 minutes of you maybe that's even a stretch but you know once you get to college these are you will have teammates that come from 
every corner of the world. I mean, I have teammates. I have teammates from at least five or six different countries, um, and that's just like people in my like direct event group. And then I have people from every corner of the country as well. Uh, I have people from just to name a few off the top. We have some from Oregon. We have some from Ghana, Africa. We have some from the Czech Republic. We have people from the UK. Like people from everywhere, and it is honestly amazing because it teaches you. It teaches you a lot about just different cultures. It exposes you to how different people all over the world look at the same sport and how the same sport does a bunch of the same things for people, but the way those same people use it for different things. And um, it's helped. It's helped grow. It's helped teach me a lot of things, um, both on and off the track. And again, being here, I'm very glad I've gotten to experience this. I've got some of the best teammates. When it comes to track and field, and, and especially your event, I mean, people are like, oh, you know, it's an individual sport. How important is, you know, having a team around you and having people push you not only in practice, but also just, you know, as a team, how how do you kind of build that, and how do you think that you've kind of learned about that in the past few years? Uh, one of the biggest things that have that's taught me or helped me learn that is that, like, each and every rep counts. So a lot of people, like you said, live by like track and field is an individual sport which due to technicality sure maybe it is but at the end of the meet everything is scored as a team team based so they take the scores from high jump the scores from long jump the scores from the track the scores from the throwing ring and they put them all together so despite everyone doing their individual part in trying to build up the most points possible at the end of the day it all comes together and so with that in mind, you know you have to take your time to support each and every one of these each and every one of these athletes just as much as you support yourself. Because if one other leg of the ship falls down, the whole one the whole ship is going to sink. And so coming together as a team, as a family, helping support each other, build each other, you know, trust each other as well. That's the biggest thing is you have to trust that your teammates are putting in the same amount of work as you. So when it comes time for meet day, you know that you can go out there and do what it is you're supposed to do to make sure that your team ends up on top. And again, with the group that we've got here this year, I'm, I'm expecting a lot of big things from these guys. I know they're gonna. I know we're all gonna do super well. A lot of what you do in terms of your races and you know just your events is you're you're competing against your own time and you're you're competing against yourself pretty much. Um, but what is what is the room like at U of I when you? Ha- with your teammates and your competitors who are competing in you know similar events, how good is that room compared to you know other Big Tens and other other teams in the nation? Uh, there's a special place. Um, again, like each and every rep that we put in here at the University of Illinois is, I consider it to be one of the better reps in the country, just because you know it's we we don't see practice any different than a meet. You know what I mean, like. Each and every day we're in here trying to get to the line as fast as we can, and it doesn't make a difference. One of the biggest things that I've heard growing up, and especially here, is, you know, you play like you practice. And as long as you devote the time and effort on the track, when no, when none of the lights are on, when no one sees you, um, when the lights are on, the cameras are on, and there's thousands of people surrounding the track, it'll just be, just be like another day in the office. You know what I mean? Like, there's no extra pressure. Um... There's no extra pressure, and you know, there's just there's no sense of having to do too much because these are all things that we've already done. You know, the same blocks aren't same driving phase, same maintenance phase. Everything is the exact same. It's just instead of doing it in a shirt, you're doing it in a jersey. So, 
I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit and just kind of go. I want to make sure people understand and know exactly what events you're doing and running and you know what your what your times have been and how you've how you've kind of gotten those down in in college for sure so uh, my main event is the 400 meter hurdles which um you know sadly it's not something that starts it starts until march when outdoor season starts but um in the meantime i will be i'll be a huge part of the 4x4 4x400 meter relay indoors um, and you know indoors as well I dabble in the 400 just for training purposes as well keep the feet under me and whatnot. but my bread and butter is definitely the 400 meter hurdles Um, last year I ended my season with a 50.27 in the 400 meter hurdles and then outdoor I believe our relay's personal record was where is this at 306.25 306.25 was our was our fastest time last year. Um, but, yeah, those those are my main events, and I'm looking to drop those down. This year, with it being the Olympic year, my, my biggest goal is to make sure that 400-meter hurdle time drops under sub-50 for sure. That is the goal. That is the goal. I want to hit that Olympic standard. And just for people who maybe don't know or, you know, just to clarify, in high school there's not a 400-meter hurdles. Um, what did you run in high school and what were your times then and how does that kind of, you know, translate to college when you have to kind of switch? For sure. Um, in high school, like you said, there are no 400-meter hurdles, um, which is unfortunate. I think that's something they should change because a lot of athletes are not fully under the impression that, you know, they don't know that they added extra 100 meters to that last race. So I ran the 300 meter hurdles in high school, um, intermediate hurdles as well. They were the same height, 36s. Um, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, I was running just like 38, 3, 38, 4 in high school. Um, I was also a short hurdler. I participated in the 110 hurdles as well, but that quickly. That quickly stopped once I got to college. 42 inches is, is a bit taller. And for anyone that knows me, they know I'm not the tallest person <laughs> in the world. So getting getting over those 42 inches is still a bit of a challenge. But, yeah, I ran uh, 300 hurdles in high school, 38. And I would say that the, the biggest challenge coming from the 300s to the 400s, again, was... That la- knowing that the addition of the last hundred meters and those two extra hurdles, uh, two two extra hurdles were going to be there because for any of my for any track athletes out there that run the three hundred hurdles, they know that once you're coming around that last fifty meters or so, your legs start to get a little fatigued. It starts become a little more challenging to pick your knees up, get up over those hurdles. But you learn how to do so quickly, and you work everything out for sure. Um, when it does, when it comes to track, you know, it's it's a lot of you know whether it's long distance or short distance as running. Um, the hurdles is obviously very unique in in the terms of you know there's there's that element of you have to run and you have to jump and you know there's long jump there's triple jump, um, but th- this combines them kind of both. So you know how is that kind of special to you and and unique at the same time where it's one of those events that's you know pretty unique and and kind of special. Um. You know, it's just one of those things that it's, when you go to a track meet, you're one of the first questions, anyone who's never been to a track meet before, one of the first things they're going to ask is, what are those? And when they say, what are those? They're either pointing at the hurdles or and, or they're probably pointing pointing at the, uh, the steeples, which are, you know, the super, super, super large hurdles that are used for the three, uh, for the three, three I believe it's 3K. Yeah, the 3K steeplechase. But 
it's just it's just such an interesting event as you know like you said it catches your eye um it's something that not too many people trust themselves to do because i don't know too many people who would volunteer themselves you know just go run and jump over stuff um but it is unique to the fact that like you said you have to learn how to use your body in different ways um a lot of people consider it to be a jump but something i've learned here as well super quickly it's supposed to be a continuation of your run you know it's just an it's just an exaggerated step and um it just it 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 makes me a little bit different i guess because again not too many people trust themselves to do the hurdles so it's i learned to love it early on and it's gotten me this far so i'm a fan um in terms of you know kind of comparing it to other sports not really comparing it but um just the general you know when, when people play baseball and you play catcher, you, you can't be afraid of getting hit. When you, when you play football, you can't be afraid of getting hit. Um, so when it comes to hurdles, do you have to kind of get over that fear of, hey, I'm probably going to fall at some point, and that's okay. I just have to get up and make sure that it doesn't happen as often as it, as it probably does. Yes, definitely. Um, as a former hurdler, you have to learn. You have to be comfortable with, with the fact that you're knowing. You have to be comfortable with the fact of or comfortable with the idea of, falling simply because again you're running 400 meters you're expected to jump and hurdle over these 36 inch obstacles the whole way around the track um and you also have to become comfortable with hurdling with a different leg with your opposite leg because again as you're running there's a very 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 good opportunity that as you fatigue your your steps are not on point you're not hitting your mark and so that might lead you to hurdling with your other leg but again, after a while, it's it's you almost don't even notice that the hurdles are there. It just becomes second nature. It's just something that kind of happens. But um, just like every other hurdler in the country, we've all had crashes. Some definitely a little more painful than others. Um, but yeah, you you learn to get used to it. Uh, you learn to get over the fear. And honestly, falling isn't too bad after all. It's not as bad. It happens once or twice. You know, you kind of get used to it. You kind of get used to it. So, um, when we go back and look, you know, in fifty to sixty years, and we talk about this this time in college athletics, um, it's going to be so new, unique because you came into college at just the time when um, so many things were changing in terms of what athletes can do in terms of transferring and also NIL. So, I want to get your take sure. first on on the transfer portal and why you think that that's important and, and kind of what. What athletes right now feel about it in terms of not just you know not just a football player but in any sport? Why is the transfer portal um, something that college athletics needs and is important right now? So uh, the transfer portal is very important. Um, it allows it allows students or student athletes to you know exercise their right to you know go out and experience different places at different times. Um, like you said. The transfer portal is one of the things that took a very, very, very huge turn um, in my earlier years in college. With that being, now you can transfer pretty much, if I remember correctly, as many times. You can transfer up, up to as many times as you would like to. Excuse me, as, like, as you would like to. Um, interconference is when it gets a little bit shaky, but um, you're still eligible to compete the same year. You know, if you transfer interconference, but I believe a lot of that is just because. Again, it was taking away the ability or the right, I guess, for all these student athletes to go out and experience different places. Because, you know, like we said earlier, 
when you're making the decision of where it is you want to compete coming out of high school, this is a decision that you're making when you're 17 or 18 years old. You know, you can't see the future. You don't know what it is you're going to want in two or three years. You don't know what it is you're going to want to do in two or three years. So you could go to California. You go to University of California your first year. Find out you don't like it being as warm as much. You know what I mean? So then you end up going to University of Minnesota where it snows th- three, three quarters of the year. Um, but yeah, that again just gives athletes the ability to exercise free will going wherever it is they want to experience different things. Um, but one of the biggest changes, the better changes, is NIL, name, image, likeness. That was probably one of the better things to enter the college scene. Um, just giving athletes the, again, the right to make make money, make a name for themselves, build a brand, you know, kind of enjoy and reap the benefits of becoming a Division One athlete or just a collegiate athlete in general. Um, you know, there are a lot of different opportunities that come with being an athlete from different sponsorships or, you know, um, if you're lucky enough, you can get different gifts or endorsements from numerous amounts of businesses and brands and before we weren't able to do that we weren't able to exercise that right but now uh, the NCAA has been gracious enough to give us the opportunity to expand more um, build ourselves a brand you know put our names out there more than just like as track and field athletes we can be um, ambassadors and different things like that for different brands and with that it's made the college world so much more exciting a lot more fun um, you see these athletes everywhere, and it's more than just the big-name money sports like football and basketball. You see all sorts of athletes over all different types of billboards and posters and pictures and whatnot, and it's, it's made it a lot, fun, a lot more fun. Right. If there's one thing that I've learned, um, you know, yeah, obviously football and basketball are popular, and, you know, that's, that's great, but um, there's, such a, there's such a community and, and sort of like a, a special – you know, sort of, I think community is the right word when it comes to like sports like wrestling and sports like track and field where, man, there's, there's so many different supporters and, you know, from the age of 80 to down to, you know, high school age, there's a track community that really, I feel like embraces itself. And I think that that can be a benefit in terms of NIL and what you're doing in terms of, you know, those people go on, if they may have competed in track in some events and now they're going to have businesses or whatever. And so I think that, um, May, I may be off here, but there's a, there's definitely a track community that I think you and anybody in, in college can benefit from in terms of NIL. For sure. It, like you were saying, it, it with these different, not all sports get the same, they weren't given the same like publicity and exposure as some of the bigger name sports. So with NIL being a thing now, it shines a light on all these different communities and different niches. You know, it allows these people to actually you know speak out speak up come up you know what i mean and actually voice themselves and their opinions on their sport the thing that they've the thing that they have grown up loving or lived their entire life loving you know what i mean and um again with nil now it allows them to not only say things but it also allows them in a way they can get back to maybe their favorite athlete that that that's at their alma mater or they can help out their grandson that is running in the exact same event that they're running. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm very glad that NIL is a thing. It has changed. It has changed the sports world forever. And I'm glad that, glad that I was a part of the athletic scene whenever that happened. 
Okay, so in that in that light, what is your situation with NIL? And you know, if people are interested, how can they kind of reach out to you and, and get involved? So NIL has been pretty uh, pretty gracious to me. I've gotten a couple NIL deals, but again, with us just now entering season, um, it'll be a little bit easier now for me to kind of, as they call it, advertise yourself. You know, but for anyone that is interested in any sort of like NIL deal offer or you know any sort of meet and greet, uh, training, training thing, anything like that. Um, they can make their way over to the University of Illinois uh, track and field page and go to the roster. Um, they can scroll down, find Robert Williams' name, and they can click on any of my Open Doors links uh, that are that will be attached to my bio. Or if they would like to reach out to me personally, they can follow me on any social media account. Um, Instagram and TikTok are the exact same. Uh, Rob X Hurdles and yeah we can talk business from there but NIL is just um, thinking about all the different things that NIL has really done for not only myself different teammates everything but yeah NIL has been been a good thing for us but with the season coming around the corner it's definitely easier for me to advertise myself you know kind of get my name out there because again we spend the first six months hidden away doing all of our phone <laughs> training and whatnot. so but the season is here now so, season is here. Before I let you go, I, I just want to add on to that just a little bit more. Um, you know, when we knew when we knew you in high school and you were here, you were a very I felt like you were a very well liked person amongst your peers and at Springfield High. Um, how do you think that that helps you now? When, like you said, you're trying to grow your brand, you're trying to you know get more followers on social media and stuff. But I feel like you're the type of person that can you know communicate and get along and talk with a lot of different types of people and a lot of people who um, you know maybe are are sort of interested in in this conversation. Um, you're the type of guy who's willing to talk to those people and really um, kind of promote anything that they are are trying to promote as well. Oh, for sure. I'm a very social guy. Consider myself to be a social butterfly, even, you know. Um, super easy to talk to, but, you know, having those different traits, having that ability has made all of this experience not only easier, but just more fun because every day I know that I'm giving myself the chance, the opportunity to go talk to somebody new. I get to go experience something new, meet someone new, and learn something new. And so you can come to me with anything. You can come to me about tennis i actually just went to my first tennis match <laughs> last last semester my first ever collegiate tennis match and learned so much and just from that i i met one of their um one of their donors and she was just so happy to know the one person or one of the few people that gave me an nil deal and just like that we connected and we've been in contact ever since so having that ability to just talk to people and you know express myself as for who I am it's made it so much more fun so much easier and you can come to me with any question you can come to me it could be about basketball track football it could be about swimming if you really want it to be it could be anything um, but I'm I'm all ears I'm an open book and yeah it's made it fun it's made it easy I've got to experience a lot of cool things got to meet a lot of new people and so it's worth it it's been a lot of fun Awesome, man. I know you got to go, so I, I won't take up more of your time, but I really appreciate it. I think this has been a great conversation, and, you know, best of luck this season. I hope we can do it again and really catch up and, you know, just kind of talk more about what you're doing there because I think a lot of people back home are, are definitely very proud of you and, and are excited to see what you do moving forward. Of course. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, and I'm looking forward to it. We're going to do some big things this season, 
and I'll be sure to catch it, catch you all up on it whenever it happens. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you. Big thanks to Rob for his time and great insight and conversation. Best of luck to him this season. Hope to see him do some big things. That's a wrap on this week's podcast. I'll see you all next week. <laughs>